All right, we're in the book of Romans in chapter number 12 tonight, the book of Romans chapter number 12. And you remember a few weeks back, might have been even a month or so back, we were dealing with Romans chapter number 12, verses 1 and 2. And we saw how the, the Apostle Paul's emphasis in the first verse was to get believers to understand that we've got an obligation to the Lord based on His mercies that He's given us in our lives. And that obligation we saw was for us to give Him our lives as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, and Paul called that our reasonable service there in verse number 1. Then in verse number 2, Paul wanted us to understand our obligation to not be pressed into the mold of this world anymore, but rather our lives are to be transformed by the renewing of our minds so that our lives are molded into the very image of Christ. That's the whole purpose of being transformed uh, by the Word of God. And then the rest of this chapter is given over to how the individual believer is to fit into the body of believers, to fit into the local church. And as believers, we have all been given gifts by the Holy Spirit, and we're placed into the body of Christ Therefore, we have a responsibility both within the body of Christ and to the body of Christ. We've got a responsibility within the church and to the church as believers. And as we consider Paul's words in our text this evening, we, we find that there are three observations that every believer needs to make concerning where he or she fits into God's plan for the local church. Now, we're only going to deal with one of these. Uh, the three of them are we need to watch our pride in the body. We'll deal with that tonight. And then uh, we may deal with it. It just depends on how long it takes uh, uh, the next time that we're able to come back to this. We'll look at the, the second two. I don't know if I'll need to split those up or not, but we need to watch our place in the body. We need to watch our performance in the body. And this covers Romans 12, verses 3 through 8. But for tonight, um, and I would just want us to uh, take a look at verse number Three, Paul says here, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. So tonight we want to look at uh, watching our pride in the body. There's a real danger that as we grow in the Lord and become more separated in our walk, that we develop some pretty bad habits. One of the greatest dangers that we face as we walk through this world is the sin of pride. We all have to deal with it. We just really do. Pride is really at the very root of all sin, and I'll explain that. Pride is revealed in Scripture as the original sin. I'm talking about the sin that Satan had when he fell. In Isaiah 14, verses 12 through 15, it's there. I'm not going to turn there. We're not going to turn there and read that tonight. But he, had, he kept talking about the things that he was going to do. I will uh, ascend unto heaven. I will be like the Most High God. That's pride. That's what that is. And we know that God has nothing good to say about pride. In fact, in Proverbs 6, 6 and verse 17, uh, list uh, a, a proud look at the very top of the list of seven things that the Lord hates and that are an abomination to Him. Now, I believe one of the reasons why the Lord hates pride so much is because 
pride puts self in the place of where the Lord needs to be. Um, and pride has the mentality of I, me, my, mine, us four, no more. It's just concerned about self, not concerned about others, not concerned about God, just concerned about self. If we're all honest, we'd have to say that uh, pride is a sin that we, that we deal with from time to time. Uh, you will note that Paul's remarks here are not given to just an isolated few. When Paul is speaking to a particular group, he clearly identifies the group. And I want you to note how this section is addressed to brethren. Um, he, he, when he opens up in verse number 1, I beseech you therefore brethren. He's, he's, uh, this, this whole chapter here is dealing with the brethren, those who are believers. Let's notice the challenge against pride that we find here given in verse number 3. First of all, we must guard against self-deception. Verse 3, the first part of it says, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Here we see the, the first problem Paul addresses is that of thinking higher of ourselves than we ought to think. He's talking about those times when we have an elevated view of ourselves that tends to cause us to look down on other believers. It, it can happen. Uh, it might be that we see the faults of others to the exclusion of our own faults. You ever done that? You saw the faults in somebody else, but uh, uh, when you began looking in the mirror of God's Word, God's Word said, well, yeah, well, look at you. <laughs> look at the problems you got. If we're honest, we know that we all have our problems at times. None of us have arrived and we can all say amen right there because we know it's true. Now, it might be that we begin to feel that our office or position or maybe uh, even our spiritual gifts are superior to those of others. But we need to remember that whatever we have, we have been given. Whatever spiritual gift that you have, you've been given by the Lord. That's what 1 Corinthians 4 verse 7 says. For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hast not received it? <laughs> we, we know we received it from the Lord, amen. If you're gifted in a certain area, I don't care whether it's a spiritual gift or whether it's a, uh, a gift in another area, you have what you have because God allowed you to have it. And uh, we need to recognize that. Also, um, we, we need to, re to remember that the more that we have been given, the more we will give account of. That's a principle from Scripture from Luke 12, verse 47. It says, For unto whomsoever much is given, of him shall much be required. And to whom men have committed much, of him they will ask the more. So if you're gifted in several different areas, praise the Lord. But also realize you got more to account for than somebody else who only has a, a single gift. Sadly, there are sometimes those in church who think they are God's gift to the church. You ever seen somebody like that? Uh, some people actually believe that if they, uh, they and their talents or money were removed from the life of their local church, then that local church would cease to function. 
whatever it is that goes through a person's mind to make them think that they are, that you know, they are it, okay? And that's really the, the how they view themselves. They are it. Just understand that person is walking in pride. The Apostle John spoke of a man like this in, in uh, one of his epistles, the last epistle, 3 John, verse number 9. He mentioned a man by the name of Diotrephes, who he said, and listen to this, he said, and I quote, loveth to have preeminence among them. Yeah, he, he liked to have the preeminence. He, he lifted himself up above others in the church. Now the conclusion of the matter is this. Every believer is important. You're important tonight. If you have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, I want you to understand you're important to this church. You're important to God. And, uh, but there's none of us that are essential. In other words, you know, we think, well, the church can't do without me. Well, there's going to come a time when you're not going to be here. And God will put somebody else in your place. And uh, there's a place in the work of God for all of the redeemed. But the whole work rests on the shoulders of none. You know, it doesn't depend on any one individual. It rests on the Lord. And when any church becomes dependent on the gifts and abilities of just one or two individuals... That ministry is in danger and needs a spiritual overhaul. I want you to turn to Philippians chapter number 2 with me for just a minute. Philippians chapter number 2. <clears throat> and let's take a look at a few verses here. Philippians 2 and verse number 3. It says in Philippians 2, 3, Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. But in lowliness of mind, that's humility, okay? But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. That's, that's the opposite of pride right there. Look not every man on his own things. In other, in other words, don't look out just for number one. huh? But every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God thought it not robbery be equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross. Jesus came to serve. And Jesus came and humbled himself to serve us by going to the cross and giving His life a ransom for our sin. What a blessing that we're blessed with in that. Um, we must guard against self-deception. Second thing we must see here is we must guard against uh, self-depreciation. Now self-depreciation is the opposite end of the spectrum. Though it's not specifically mentioned in it is implied by what Paul says here about thinking soberly about oneself. Look at verse 3 again. For this I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. We're to think soberly. So we're not to get too high-minded about ourselves, but we're not to get too low-minded about ourselves either. Um, there are those who sadly think uh, more highly of themselves than they ought to but on the opposite spectrum there are those who sometimes display what I will call false humility 
Preacher, I can't never do nothing. Don't ask me to do nothing. I can't do nothing. Uh, there are those who say I don't have any talents. I don't have any abilities. I can't do anything. Well, I beg to differ with you because if you're saved by God's grace, you've been gifted by the Holy Spirit and there's something you can do. Okay, You're, you're to operate within the gift gift or gifts that the Lord has given to you. Listen, if, you, if you're saved, there is something you can do. When the Lord saved you, His Holy Spirit gifted you in some area. And we find that in 1 Corinthians 12. Look at 1 Corinthians 12 and verse number 7. 1 Corinthians 12, verse number 7. And in the context here of 1 Corinthians 12, he's talking about spiritual gifts. And he's saying that he wouldn't have uh, folks to be ignorant in verse number 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would uh, not have you ignorant. But look down to verse number 7. He says, but, but the manifestation of the Spirit. When he's talking about the manifestation of the Spirit, he's talking about the different kinds of gifts. How the, how the, how the, the uh, uh, Holy Spirit works in people and through people. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. Did you get that? Every man. To profit with all. To profit everybody. To profit the church. Uh, is specifically is what he's talking about here. It is up to us to find out what our gift is or what our gifts are and to get busy using them for the glory of God. And to do less is a slap in the face of the Lord who saved us by His grace. Um, When we adopt an attitude that says, I can't do anything, what we're really doing is saying that the Lord messed up when He saved us and when He gifted us. And He didn't. yeah, I wouldn't want to be uh, uh, guilty of telling the Lord that He got it wrong with me. Um, Matthew 25, verses 14 through 29. I'm not going to go turn there. I'm just going to refer to it. It's the parable of the talents. Remember the parable of the talents? Remember one was given five talents, one was given two talents, one was given one. All of them were given something, right? But the one that only had one just went and hid it. He didn't do anything with it. Um, and the Lord didn't have kind things to say to him about that either. Now, I don't know about you, but I wouldn't want to tell the Lord uh, that he got it wrong, and I wouldn't want to tell the Lord when he got back here, he comes back and takes us home to be with him, well, Lord, I know you gave me a gift, but I was afraid to use that. I was afraid I'd mess it up. Don't be afraid that you're going to mess up. <laughs> We're all going to mess up from time to time. But the Lord will give you His grace. He'll give you the the ability to use that gift for His honor and for His glory. In this group of uh, people who are self-depreciating are those who try to downplay also the Lord's use of gifts, uh, use of their gifts for His glory. This is what I'm talking about. The Lord will use somebody in the church in a mighty way, and when they're complimented in a genuine way, they just shrug it off and act like nothing great was done. But it was the Lord working through them, doing the work. If the Lord has used our life in any way, let's not deny Him the glory that He is due. God has gifted each of us for His glory. Now, when somebody brags on us, we should tell them that all the glory belongs to the Lord. That's what you do. You just shove it, put the glory over on Him. Well, praise the Lord. You know, 
Uh, give, the, give the Lord the glory of that. God has gifted each of us for His glory. That's why He gifted us. We're, we're to be um, uh, a picture of His glory and while we're in this world. So when somebody brags on us, we should tell them all the glory belongs to the Lord and pass the glory on His way. That's what the meaning of 1 Corinthians 10.31 is. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. So we must guard against self-deception. We must guard against self-depreciation. And so basically that means that we must have a balanced approach. That's the third thing there. A balanced approach. Back in our text again, uh, when he says there, that, that, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. The word soberly means sanely, intelligently. That's what it's talking about uh, in a right way. This verse is teaching us that we need to make an honest self-assessment of what the Lord has done in our lives. If He has gifted us in an area, we're not to get puffed up, puffed up about the gift that He's gifted us with. Instead, we are to submit our lives to the Lord and allow Him to use the gift for His glory in edifying the local church. I mean, that's the reason for the gifts is to edify the local church. If He hasn't gifted us in a particular area, then we're to humbly accept that and use the gifts that we do have. And let me remind you, we each have gifts. You deny that you have any gifts, that's just like saying you're not saved tonight. Because the Bible says if you're saved, you've got a spiritual gift. You do. At least one. Uh, we are to humbly accept uh, that that He has, hasn't gifted us in those other areas, but we use the gifts that we do have for His glory. So the bottom line here is that we need to be honest about what the Lord has done for us and in us by His grace. We are to take the gifts that He has gifted us with and use them for the Lord and let Him have all the glory uh, in our using those gifts. Now don't think that it makes you better than anyone else. But by the same token, don't assume a position of false humility by pretending that God can't do anything through you. <laughs> if you're saved, God is living within, He can do something through you. God at work through you does the work. Amen? He's the one doing the work. And so if He's, if he's living within, don't say that He can't use you to do something. Both extremes are wrong either getting in a prideful situation or having, assuming false humility. Now, also, don't lose sight of Paul's use of the word grace in verses 3 and in verse number 6, which we'll see later. Look at verse number 3. For I say through the grace given unto me. He's talking about the grace, the gifts that God had given the Apostle Paul. Uh, he was saying this through the grace that we had, he had been graced with. But in verse number 6, notice what he says, "...having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the pr proportion of faith, or ministry, let us uh, wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching." It goes on uh, with other gifts there. Um, uh, gifts differing according to the grace is what I wanted you to get out of that. We, we should remind us of two important truths here. First of all, we are all saved by grace. Amen? Nobody gets saved any other way. It's by grace through faith. We who are saved got into this thing the same way. 
We all came to the same place. Amen. We had to come to Calvary. We had to trust the Lord. We are all washed in the same blood. We're all headed to the same heaven. That's right. You got to learn to put up with one another uh, there. So you might as well start here. Amen. Might as well start getting along with one another here. And uh, regardless of our respective backgrounds, we are all sinners that God has saved by His marvelous grace. Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. And none of us will ever be any more saved than any other believer. When you, when you got saved, you got the whole dose. Amen? If you're saved tonight, you're just as saved as a preacher. Just as saved as a preacher. And uh, we are all saved by grace. But listen, number two, we are all serving by grace. We're serving by grace. As Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15.10, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. That's a good, good thing for us to remember, isn't it? You know, by the grace of God, I am what I am tonight. You are what you are. Just like the Apostle Paul was what he was. If we're living the right kind of lives for Jesus Christ, then we will never be any more or any less than what he intends for us to be. That's right. Uh, So, whatever we have, and when I'm saying whatever we have, I'm talking about gifts, including spiritual gifts, and also, even you know, some some folks are gifted in areas other than spiritual ways. But and praise the Lord for that. Whatever we have, whether it's gifts, talents, abilities, and even possessions, the, all of those things are ours by God's good grace. Every every one of them by God's good grace, and are to be used for His glory. Everything God has given you, you are to be using it. For His glory. They were not given to us so that we could exalt ourselves with them or use them for our own uh, selfish purposes, but rather they were given so that we might be able to live for God, honor Jesus by edifying His body, and glorify the Lord as we journey through this world. The Lord decides what we are gifted to do and, and to what extent we do it. Therefore, He leaves us no room for the exercise of foolish pride in our walk with Him. Don't get puffed up about what you have. So we need to watch our pride in the body. Now, uh, as you listen tonight, I wonder, did the Spirit of God touch your heart about an area of pride in your life? Or maybe it was in the area of false humility. Have you been exercising your spiritual gifts as you should? Maybe you haven't even discovered your area of giftedness. Maybe you have been trying to take somebody else's place in the body of Christ. That's not good. Or maybe you're jealous or envious over how God has gifted someone else. You know, there's no place for that in God's church. Now listen, some folks' problem is that they have never truly been born again in the first place. And that's, if that's the case, that means that they're trying to serve God with their flesh, but they don't have the Holy Spirit living within. And so all that they do is lifeless, empty, and vain. But if you've got God in your life, uh, you have something. You're somebody to Him. And you're, some, you're somebody in His church. And you have His Spirit living within. 
And with His Spirit comes gifts, His gifts that He's given you to exercise within the body. So, whatever your need is tonight, get it right with the Lord right now. Amen? Will you do that? Uh, make sure that uh, you, are, you are using what the Lord has given you for His honor and for His glory. Let's pray. Father, we thank You tonight for the salvation we enjoy. We thank You for the gift of eternal life. What a blessing it is that we're saved by grace. And Lord, uh, we also have been gifted by You, by Your Holy Spirit. Lord, we have gifts that You've given uh, for us to be able to serve You. And Lord, help us to grab a hold of what You have given to us and learn how to use it to edify the body of Christ and to glorify You as we walk day by day and as we go about and do, uh, Lord, what uh, Your will is for our life. Lord, we pray that um, You will help us with these things. None of us have arrived in our Christian walk, in our Christian life. And we know that some are gifted more than others, but that's, that's of no consequence. You've gifted all. And to the extent that You've gifted us, You expect us to operate within that gift. Just as uh, we saw in the parable of talents, uh, one was given five, one was given two, one was given one, and the one with five doubled, the one with two doubled, uh, and the one with one hid it and didn't use it. And, and uh, he was called on the carpet for doing that. Lord, may we be uh, cognizant of the fact that we're going to be standing before your judgment seat one of these days and we're going to give an account of what we've done with what you've given us, just like uh, those in that parable. And Lord, we just pray that we might glorify you in the time that we have left here. What a, what a blessing it is to be saved, but what a blessing it is to serve you too. Lord, help us to grab a hold of that blessing and say, you know, I want to serve God with all that I am and with all that He's given me. And Lord, uh, help us to do that, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.